What's up, dirties? This podcast is brought to you by podcasters for Spotify. Spotify for podcasters. I haven't really figured out what the fuck it is yet, but I do know that they offer a great free podcasting service in which you can do a podcast for free and they upload it to all podcast platforms. Go to Spotify for podcasters, formerly anchor.fm and start podcasting. A zero audience listenership is needed. Um, I mean, a zero a zero audience listenership is what you don't need. You don't need a you don't need a big audience to make money. How about that? You don't need a big audience to make money. You'll make money with donations from your kind kind listeners. How about that? Jesus Christ! Get started today. Go to the anchors or go to. Uh, Spotify for podcasters. I'm going to figure out what the fuck this shit is, and I'm going to get it right, and I'm going to sound fucking slick. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Uh, What do we got? Um, Oh, we got some dates, a couple of them. What do you think? (laughs) Um... I got uh, March 29th. March 29th, I'll be doing comedy at the, um, it's called Neighborhood Sports Bar in uh, downtown Pleasanton. That's where where you'll see me doing the comedy coming up, not this Wednesday, next Wednesday. Um, I got uh, the Bistro. Oh! The, Bistro, the Boyle's Bistro Blown. How about that? That is on April 6th. And uh, we got Jay Rich headlining. So um, that'll be fun. That'll be a good time. Come down to downtown Hayward to my monthly comedy show at the Bistro. I'll be doing comedy on uh, April 7th. At the Faction Brewery in Alameda. And uh, just added, I will be doing comedy at Liquid uh, in San Jose uh, for a 420 show. Um, they don't know. They don't know that I don't smoke weed. <laughs> We're not going to tell them. That'll be interesting to see what happens there. They assume I'm a big fucking stoner because fucking dreads grow down to my ass. Anyway, and as always, in all this chaos and noise I got going on that I'm trying to talk over, music heard here on the SBP is not owned, copywritten, or uh, licensed by me or the Sean Boyles podcast. Don't sue me. Let's do a podcast. It's the Sean Boyles Podcast. Amen, hot. Music, comedy, drums, life. Burrito, burrito, burrito. Hopefully.
Hopefully that's not distorting the shit out of everything. God damn it. What's up, dirties? Welcome to another episode of the SVP, episode 183, in the place to be. I'm Sean B. How goes it? Welcome, welcome, welcome. I, I tried yet another mixer. Uh, this is actually the mixer that I first tried when I started doing the podcast. This is the original mixer, and it's crunchy. There's a lot of a lot of noise. I was trying to figure out why I stopped using it and why I wanted a new one, and I quickly found out. But uh, the one that I've used the last few episodes, um, I can't figure out the output, uh, getting the output volume right. It just seemed to... Um, seem to not be right so um i'm gonna try this or maybe it was right and i didn't realize it and i'm fucking making shit happen that i don't need to happen it was unplugging and plugging and trying and, and and testing and all kinds of shit that i probably didn't need to do so here we are doing what we're doing now how are you a um we'll do some um We'll do the things. We'll do the normal things with the reaction and the earworm. And um, I'll go through my week of happenings and all the fun that I had in this now weird time in my life. Um, Had a bit of, um, I don't know, I guess I had a little bit of... um, just today had a little bit of maybe some closure in a way. Um, as you know, I'm going through a divorce and it's been tough. It's been really fucking tough. I've had good days. I've had bad days. As far as sadness is concerned, because I have lost, lost my wife and um, my best friend. And so I feel a little uh a little floundery, a little floppy, a little uh a little little bit of not knowing what to do with my life. <laughs> I got used to uh I got used to a certain thing and now that is not the thing. And so I got to get used to this new thing of being by myself. And I was by myself before. And I got used to that, and I had to get used to having her here. And that was great. That was a great get used to, but this isn't a good get used to because I'm used to having her here, and I don't have that now. So uh, what happened today was I um, coincidentally was feeling pretty shitty. Um, Started thinking about some stuff, and it fucked me up a little bit. And I, um, I happened to send out a text to the ex- uh, I'm really fucking pulling back the scab right now. Um, I sent a sap ass text, just sort of, you know, thanking her for being a good wife because the brass tacks of it, she was a really good wife for the time that um, for the time that she was feeling good about it. Things were good. Things were really good. Um, 
So, and you know, she had told me that I was a good husband. So, and I, 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 I felt like I hadn't told her that she was a good wife. So I did that. And then she thanked me and she said that, um, she will always cherish, um, all the happy that I brought her and everything that I've done for her. And that was nice. But then she hit me with the surprise of I'm on my way there right now. <laughs> I'm like, where? Here? To the apartment? She's like, yes, I need to get something. So um, she came here and um, got to um, going through her stuff and grabbing things that she wanted and she needed. And she filled up two big ass fucking duffel bags full of stuff. And then, um, and it's been fucking raining, like, fucking crazy all day. Uh, we've had some fucking heavy rains today in the Bay Area. So uh, I had picked her up from the BART, and then I'm still working on the stripping the <laughs> coffee table that I haven't been doing, and I started getting on it a little bit today to try to get my mind off of... um the sadness that I was found myself going down. And then, um, and then she says she was on her way. So, uh, I picked her up from Bart and then she spent, uh, you know, a few hours here going through her stuff and filling up bags. And then she was ready to go. So I took her back to Bart and sent her on her way. And I let her know, I said, Hey, probably next time you come here, all this shit's going to be in boxes and it's going to be over here in the storage. And she said, that's fine. And she said, in fact, all this pile of shit right here, you can throw away. And I was like, oh, so um, that felt nice, actually. it uh, We actually had a little bit of a talk, too, and there was some more crying. But uh, it was good. It was good. It felt like a, um, it felt like some... Um, uh, like a like some finale, some some f- f- some 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 endness, some some end of the road type stuff, which um, which I needed because I've been um, I've been wanting to just move on, and I feel like I can't until I get the apartment back to how it was before she got here. You know, I was living in this apartment fucking as a bachelor <laughs> by myself. And I got used to that and I had things set up a certain way. And then I definitely made a lot of room for her and her stuff and for her uh, what she needed to, you know, so she can feel comfortable. And she definitely took over the apartment. So there's, you know. There's still a lot of stuff to go through, but um, like today I went through the like, you know, because the bathroom was full of fucking women's bathroom stuff. And that's the stuff she said that I could toss. So I went fucking spent a couple hours going through shit and, you know, because I knew there was some stuff in there she wasn't going to want get thrown out. So uh, I kind of made some decisions of what I thought she might want to keep. And, uh, you know, boxed it up and put it over here in the storage. So it's starting. And the other two boxes that I had already packed up, I she went through those today. 
and I pulled those out of the apartment and put those over there in the, the storage on the side. So getting at it and there'll be more. I asked her, what do you want to do with this? She's like, ah, I don't know. I go, okay, well, I'll just, I'll put it in a box and you can go through it later. I just, I need to start getting this stuff out of here. And she totally understood. She under, she's like, yes, you need to, uh, you know, if, if this stuff is bothering you, you need to, uh, you need to move it. I understand. Thank you. She said, so, uh, it's, it's going good. I guess I can say it's going good. There's no, like I said, there's no, been no yelling. There's been no screaming. There's been no evil. There's been no hatred. Like I said, we were hugging and crying and, um, still saying I'm sorry and shit, you know? So, um, but so it was a, it was good though. It felt good. After she left and after I came back, I felt um, I felt I had a little bit more closure. So hopefully we can get this shit behind me. Um, let's recap my week. Um, even though I started out of order, I guess, with uh, what happened today. Um, last week when I got done doing the podcast, I um, I ran out to Oakland. And uh, to the Stork Club, who I, which I haven't been to the Stork Club in a long time. Um, and I went to go see this band that I really, really dig called Ken Mode. Ken Mode. K-E-N-M-O-D. If you haven't heard this band, do yourself a favor. Um, if, you know, um, if you know Shellac, which is Steve Albini's band, they're like an aggressive Shellac. In fact, um, the singer for Ken Mode often does that same sort of sarcastic sneer in the in the vocal lines, where you can kind of hear a like you know, like he's rubbing it in your face a little bit, you know. Um, very similar to how Albini does his vocals for Shellac. There's this kind of sarcasticness in the in the delivery, and. Uh, Dude from Kenmo definitely does that. Uh, the the singer guitar player um, and the drummer are brothers, and uh, they look like they could be twins, really. And um, the drummer is just a monster; just fucking hits hard all night, super solid. Um, they had the um, they had the saxophone player, which. You know, the couple of songs that she plays a saxophone on, you know, I was like, I wish they didn't play these songs. But but she does a lot more, though, too. She's got these cool keyboard stuff, things that she does and some piano stuff. And and it just adds to the uh, cacophony of noise that is uh, Ken Mode. Ken Mode considers himself a noise rock band. So, uh, but it's cool. I mean, they got, you know, but it's definitely sort of, in a way, rooted in hardcore somehow. Um. But uh, it's just fucking, fucking great, man. I was, I've seen them once before, and I was stoked to see them again. Um, the band that played right before them, a band called Frail Body, um, who is actually out on tour with Ken Mode right now. I think the tour ends like maybe this week. Um, but um, this band, Frail Body, good band, but you know, just a three piece. Um, 
drummer was playing on a really small drum kit, like not that the, the you know, not a lot of drums, but the drums were small. And for as loud as they were as a band, the guys playing on these little small drums, it's like it kind of was like, "What, dude? What are you doing?" You know, like um, because the bass was obnoxiously loud, just overbearing. Like they even when they did like you know they had some dynamics in what they were doing, and when they played a little kind of cool little thing, when the bass came in, it just went just overwhelmed. Like the bass had no dynamics to it the way he played. He was just like full blast the whole time. And uh, I don't know if anyone's told him, hey, dude, maybe you want to um, maybe you want to turn that down. <laughs> maybe turn that down because it's a little hot. It's a little hot, man. Stop it. You stop it. Um, But um, oh, and then the um, I'm, I didn't catch the name of the first band. Uh, there was four bands all together, but the band. Uh, so there was a band on when I got there, and um, you know, kind of noise, you know, another noise rock band, more punk sounding, uh, with a female singer, and um, and a real interesting sort of cl- almost clean guitar playing, and then uh, but then the the second band was a one man band um, called Reptoid. And usually a one man band has like backing tracks or whatever or like stuff filling it out while he like plays guitar and sings or whatever. And maybe like there's some drum machine stuff, you know, for beats or or whatever. Or he's just, you know, got some industrial kind of, you know, cool shit happening while he manipulates fucking soundboards or whatever the fuck. Right. You know, uh, Arthur and Punisher comes to mind, you know. When you think of one man bands, you know, um, or that or there's this guy called that one guy who plays this weird fucking stand up one string bass that's on like PVC pipe and he bows it or slaps it and uh, sings along and has all these things that he triggers and stuff, you know, weird, just interesting stuff. Uh, this guy, however, Reptoid actually plays drums and his drums are triggered to make, you know, different synth sounds. You know what I mean? So he'll pound on the floor tom and go up to the high tom for the for another note. So the, you know, the 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 bass lines are super simple, but he's, you know, you know, or whatever he's doing, you know what I mean? It's just it was interesting. It was very interesting. Uh, and then he's got a whole slew of, you know, little things to uh, sequencers and stuff that he's playing with and uh, has some weird mask thing on that has the microphone in there because he's singing like super distorted. And the cool thing is the distortion is such that in between songs when he's kind of breathing, you can hear him breathing, but it's distorting in a way. It doesn't sound like breath. It just sounds like weird ambient noise in between songs. It was a. Uh, Quite interesting, quite interesting. Um, he talked a little bit too much in between songs, and kind of it'd be nice if he had a little bit more um, anonymity, I guess. You know, be be a little bit more, uh, have a little bit more mystique to what he's doing, because when you do those one man band kind of things, like I think it's probably pretty easy to um, 
have your personal personality sort of uh, come into what you're doing. Because he was like, yeah, I usually don't do this song. But you know, he was like, I don't know. He was just like talking too matter-of-factly instead of maybe kind of doing something else. But it's a weird thing, right? Like I, how fucking hypocritical I am. Like I love stuff that's like the real and the raw. But yet, you know, I do like some mystique about some shit too. It's, ah, it's fucking, I'm all over the place. Like if I'm doing it, I want it to be fucking real and fucking man. I'm no, I'm not goofing around and, you know. But if I see something that's fucking ah, he's too serious, you know. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> um, but stoked on the show. It was a fucking great show. Uh, I'm glad I went. I knew nobody there. Um. Uh, but eventually, my uh, my friend uh, Scott Evans showed up. Uh, he is the guitar player for Kowloon Walled City, and I know uh, Kowloon Walled City has played with Ken Mode. I think they even toured with them at one point, um, so they know each other well. And uh, I figured he uh, one you know some of the guys in Kowloon would show up, and and Scott did. Uh, so I talked to him briefly. In fact, I came up to him when he was talking to a guy, and. Um, he said, um, oh, what did he say? I came up to him and he's like, oh, it's funny you walked up right now because we were talking about separation. And I started thinking, I go, I know he's a sound engineer and he records bands. So I started thinking he's talking about with another guy who looks like another musician talking about separation. So maybe they're talking about keeping, uh, keeping uh, uh, mics separated you know, so, so so there's not bleed from one mic to another. And he stopped and he kind of chuckled and he said, oh, sorry, too soon? And I was like, oh, you mean my separation? Oh, you fucking dick. You know, and he started laughing, you know. You know, of course, I'm not really calling him a dick, but it was, you know. you know. And he, then he stopped. And he's like, dude, you, you're doing okay. You know, I know you're going through a thing, you know. So uh, that was cool, you know. Dude's a good dude, you know. Um. So that was that was Tuesday, right after I got done with the podcast. I went to um uh what happened Wednesday? Wednesday was Wednesday was Zed, maybe? Oh no, we didn't get together. Did we skip? Yeah, we skipped this week. We didn't uh, or last week. We didn't get in there. Uh so Thursday uh Thursday Thursday, I went to Tommy T's. <laughs> went to Tommy T's. Um, uh, some friends of mine were on a show, and it was a weird sort of St. Patrick's show, even though it was the day before St. Patrick's Day. And it was St. Patrick's, you know, like, I don't know, like had a weird name for the show, like uh, Press Your Luck Comedy or something. It was put together by this guy, Mexi King, um, who's Mexican. I thought that was weird that, you know, we did a St. Patty's show and the guy's Mexican. Um and that show was um that show was cool. I showed up uh and just told everybody I just came to get dinner. I'm fucking hungry. <laughs> I don't give a shit about your show. I'm just trying to eat, you know. But uh they had a decent turnout too, which it was which was good. Had a good turnout for a Thursday night. Um, and then Friday night on St. Patty's. 
Uh, I went to the Golden Bull. So this was a week of just going to shows and, and seeing some shit. Um, went to the Golden Bull in Oakland to see my friend's band, the New Suburbans. Comprised of a uh, bass player from All Time Highs, my man Sammy, who was playing bass and singing in this band. Um, he's singing, he's not the lead singer, but he sings a lot of, you know, doing like all the backups and doing some cool harmonies. I was actually pretty proud of him. And then uh, my man James, uh, who is the guitar player in Hellbeard with me. Um, so he's been playing with Sammy in this band called the New Suburbans. Uh, and it's just it's nothing like either one of them I would assume would play like the, the, the you know what this band is doing it's um it's almost an oi band almost because it's not quite that punk rock it's just kind of rock but the lyrical content is very blue collar damn the man kind of you know, we will rise up and get what is come, you know, and get ours and 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 uh, you know, glory to the little guy, the meek shall inherit the earth type of shit, you know. Um, I don't know, just uh, but clean, just good rock, clean, simple songs, really good melodies and vocals. Um, you know, and a bunch of guys that are in their you know late forties you know, early fifties doing a really good, just straight rock band with a hint of, uh, oi tinge. Um, so, uh, was stoked to see that. Uh, I did tell James that he's using way too many pedals for a band like that. I saw him dancing around on pedals and switching patches and doing shit and could hear no real difference in the guitar. I told him if you, you know, you're playing at a volume that's enough that, you're not going to hear those nuances of these different patches that you're using for the different parts. Oh, well, this song's got this tone. and this. I go, no, dude, no. You don't need it. It's not necessary. Nobody's paying attention to that. You know, have your lead boost for your guitar solos and have different sounds for that if you want, but unnecessary to have all that rigmarole going on. He's like, oh, 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 really, man? You know. So, uh, but he doesn't listen to me. So, what the fuck does it matter? Uh, <laughs> he doesn't listen at all. And then Saturday, well, Saturday was my birthday, and um, thank you to everyone that uh, hit me up on my birthday to wish me happy birthday. That was nice. But I um I went to uh, I went to a heavy metal show at Eli's in Oakland. So I um so playing at Eli's was this band a band the name of the band is Satan 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 played. At Eli's, and Satan is a what we call a new wave of British heavy metal band, uh, the likes of um, the likes of Diamond Head, and um, 
who else is in that group of British heavy metal? The, the, the this is the um, these are the bands that influenced early thrash metal, like the underground metal, you know that that wasn't Judas Priest and Iron Maiden, that was underneath these bands that were coming out of England. Uh, uh, I can't think of any other ones except for fucking Diamond Head. I guess Venom is kind of in that. Uh, a little bit in there, but they were just, they were so extreme that they were the same thing with, uh, with Celtic frost that like kind of a little bit extreme versions of these bands. Um, but this is, you know, just fucking, I guess Saxons in there with this kind of stuff, but, uh, you know, but yeah, I guess Sa- you know, Saxons are probably a good, good, uh, a good example. um, but so this band Satan, I guess, was, you know, it's from they're from like 1983 or 82, you know, and um, and they're touring and I guess they haven't toured in a really long time. And it, I guess it's like original members of the band and they're all old, crusty English dudes. And the drummer was doing some really weird shit. I couldn't figure out what they're, I couldn't watch him play because how he was playing didn't match what I was hearing. And I was right there on the side of the stage watching the dude, and it was weird. Um, like when he's his his upstroke was more intense than the downstroke. So every time he hit, he brought the shit up quickly. It was really odd, really really odd. And he's an older dude, so he's taking some liberties on like you know they had some faster stuff, and he wasn't really. Um, you know, doubling up on the hi-hat or the ride in between the snare hits, you know. So anyway, it was uh, interesting to watch this old-timer play. Uh, and the singer, <laughs> we started laughing because um, a friend of mine uh, noticed that the singer had a digital watch from like the 80s on his wrist. Like a fucking Casio watch. It was wild. This, you know, weird fucking dyed black bushy hair and just an odd looking dude. But uh, Satan. I saw the crazy thing. Was, the thing that was the most entertaining was um, watching. Now here, I'm at this show and I'm feeling young. At 49 years old, I'm at the metal show feeling young because there was some crusty fucking old metalheads dudes and they were... The, the, the best thing was watching these guys, these old fucking weathered, crusty dudes still with long hair and they got beards and just gray and just balding, but you know, wearing the oldest t-shirts in the world and they're losing their fucking minds watching this band Satan. They were like every song they're singing, they knew all the words and they got their hands up and they're fucking in. They're just so excited and stoked to see this band. I heard a guy couple over. He was yelling at the guitar player. This song changed my life. You know what I mean? Like they were just so fucking into it. 
It was hilarious. Definitely worth it to just see that, you know. And it was packed. That's the other thing. It was fucking packed. Like, I don't know how I got in. As soon as I got in, I couldn't go anywhere. It was fucking packed. I went there to meet a friend of mine, um, uh, 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 someone that I've known for a while, but in the last little while, you know, she's kind of reached out and, you know, let's hang out kind of stuff. And um, so I met her there and, um, and you know, we just hung out and watched, you know, she and she's a little older, so she knows these bands, you know, a little bit more than I do. Like, I don't I never even checked out Satan. I've never listened to him. I didn't know anything about him. I had to kind of do a real quick say, oh, what are these guys about? You know what I mean? And I realized they're, you know, new wave of British heavy metal, you know, from the early 80s, late 70s, early 80s. Uh, they're on tour with a band called um, Night Demon. <laughs> Night Demon. <laughs> and uh, Night Demon plays the same kind of music. It's very, you know, proto thrash metal type stuff, you know. Um, just heavy. I would call that heavy metal. They are a heavy metal band. Same thing with Satan. That would be a heavy metal band. I mean, it's new wave of British heavy metal, but it's like, it's fucking like the epitome of heavy metal. You know, fists in the air. Fucking, you know, just fucking metal as fuck. And then the singer for uh, for Satan can still hit the fucking high notes, dude. And he was holding the orb. You know, so um, so these guys, um, Night Demon, I think they started their band in like 2010, 2011 or some shit like that. They're not that old. And they're from Ventura and they got a bunch, you know, they got a grip of albums out, five or six different records out and um, clean, just fucking tight. Uh, I think so. I I believe they were all synced up with the click track. They all had their little in-ear monitors in, and I was watching the drummer, and he had a bunch of wires coming off of him. Um, and the reason why I say I'm pretty sure they were playing to a click, at no time did I hear a song get clicked off. I did not hear a song, the drummer go, one, two, three, four, and start a song. Not once in a fucking 35, 40 minute long set that I hear them count a song off. They just started. So I'm pretty sure that they were all with the clicks. And the other thing that that was um, it was it was just so fucking on the money. The lights, the lights were fucking perfect. So. With these click tracks now, you can actually sync up your lights. You know, the, the the modern light rigs are able to be programmed so that the click track is actually triggering the lights. Because as soon as dude hit double bass, the fucking strobes came on. Like every fucking time, like clockwork. And then the the, 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 the colors were changing with different parts of the song perfectly. 
And when the song ended, the lights went down. Like, and I didn't see anybody at a light board. You know what I mean? So, um, so I'm pretty sure they were all synced up with the click track. Uh, but I didn't hate it. I wasn't going, ah, fuck these guys with their fucking click track bullshit. Because there wasn't anything extra happening. And, uh, and that got me thinking about, you know, the fucking backing track controversy, you know. Um, there's been a lot of uh, talk about bands, uh, especially mo- bands in the modern era, and how much they are using backing tracks compared to what's being played live. You know, and uh, did I talk about this? I don't think I did. I know it was a couple of weeks ago that I was watching a thing where a guy was talking about it. And it got me thinking about it, too. Like, I don't mind it as long as it's not intrusive. Like, if it's fucking obvious as fuck that you're doing backing tracks, that's probably not good. But if it's a little something to help out, you know, like the perfect example, Rush. You saw all that equipment on the stage and you knew that they were using it all to trigger the extra noises and sounds that they needed to pull off those songs. You know, little extra backup vocals or uh, just cool sequenced parts. You know, it's just, it just, you know. But here's the thing. Audiences now especially younger audiences. And I think this is why the younger bands and younger artists are getting away with the backing track so hard. If people go to a concert, younger people, they want to hear the song the way they know the song. They want to hear it like they hear it on the fucking MP3 or the way they've streamed it. Or dare I say the way they hear it on the CD. But it's probably the way they've streamed, the way they've heard it on YouTube, the way they fucking hear it on Spotify. They don't want to hear it any other way. They don't want to, because if they hear it another way, they go, oh, well, I, I saw them live and they weren't that good. Why why were they not that good? Well, I don't know. The songs didn't sound like I'm used to he- hearing them sound. Oh, shit, okay. And that goes back to how good can you play your shit live? You know what I mean? Like, if you're playing, if you're a live band, and you're not playing live how your shit sounded recorded, are you doing something wrong? Or are you just not paying attention to what you did to make those songs, you know? When I hear shit like that, I usually assume people wrote in the studio and they never played them live in front of anybody. Or they never jammed the songs live in a room to hear what's happening. Or they didn't, you know, they wrote everything digitally and then learned how to play it later and didn't bother trying to match what you recorded. You know, there's so many fat factors in, 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 uh, in how shit can go fucking sideways. But if I see a live band and they sound like the record and I'm not hearing any fuckery of extra shit happening, uh, that's super obvious. That's fucking awesome. You know, if I hear a little fucking backing track to help them out to sort of round some shit out, I ain't mad at that. But 
if the bulk of the music that I'm hearing from the band is backing tracks and the band is barely fucking playing anything live and they're kind of fucking off and letting all, you know, just letting like pop stars kind of do that. Like especially rap fucking, especially will have the fucking rap, the vocal track there in full and they'll rap on top of it and double it. But when they need to take a breath, they'll just stop. And that fucking vocal track is still going. Eminem's always done that. Eminem live is, he's rapping over his vocal track. Hip-hop's fucking notorious for it. And I've been seeing some pop stars do that shit too. Where the vocal track's there, and they're just singing on top of it and doubling it. And they'll they'll stop, and just the vocal's still there. And it's like, eh. I mean, it's kind of like fucking Rihanna did that shit at the Super Bowl. She sang live, but she sang on top of her vocal track. I'd rather hear more live than backup. You know, like I said, if the backing track is doing the heavy lifting, I think that's where you're uh, you're losing the plot. But at the same time, these fucking kids, they don't give a shit. They hear it the way they want. That's why they fucking love EDM. Some fucking dickhead playing a fucking soundboard. Playing all those sounds exactly the way they are on the recordings. They love that shit. They can watch it. They're stoked on a DJ. Playing the songs the way they know the songs are. And I don't like it. It ain't for me. It don't do nothing for me. It's, um, it's not my bag. It's not my bag. It's not how I like to do things. I want to hear some musicianship. I want to hear you playing your shit. I want to feel what you're doing. I want to know that you are pouring your soul into that music when I'm hearing it and watching you play it live. I don't care if you're on tour and you've been fucking having to dig in every fucking night to play this song. Dig in again, Jack. Let me hear that shit. I want to feel you fucking... I want to feel you do your music. And I'm not going to feel that if 80% of what I'm hearing is on a backing track. Anyway, so uh, that was Saturday night. Was was fun watching... uh, some fucking old metal. But uh Night Demon was good. In fact, I'm gonna check out some of the shit. It's uh it's like I said, it's heavy fucking metal. Heavy fucking metal. No, like no uh no bones about it kind of heavy metal. Um what else we got? Uh so that was uh that was Saturday and then uh Sunday went to dinner with a friend, a little birthday dinner. And then yesterday did a whole lot of nothing. Oh, a friend of mine took me to lunch for for my birthday. He's like, I didn't mean for this to happen on your birthday. I've been wanting to take you to lunch anyway just to see how you're doing. Uh, So shout out to fucking Kevin, the AV guy, for taking me to lunch uh, yesterday. Uh, Because he hasn't made the last few uh, Boyle's Bistro blowouts. And he's felt bad about that. So uh, he took me to lunch in order to uh, keep his parking space uh, for uh, uh, his blow, his blowout productions parking space. <laughs> nah, Kevin's a good guy, sole employee of uh, of 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 blowout productions, and he said that uh, if he ever gets paid, he's quitting. <laughs> 
So that's how you know you got a good guy working for you. Doesn't want money. Uh, all right, let's um, let's get into this. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dirties of all ages. Uh, every week, I like to try to react to a song on the Billboard Hot 100, be it that I am a aging now, aging metalhead. Uh, I want to see. I want to see what's doing on the pop charts. I want to see what what well, what's going on there, and um, we could uh, we could poke fun. We can laugh. You know, it might it might be uh, it might be all right. You know, it could be a fucking amazing piece of musical geniusness, and I'll be blown away. But guess what? Probably not. So this week we're going to do a song called uh, Die For You. This is the remix version. Um, I guess this is um, this is The Weeknd. The Weeknd. Because it's spelled W-E-E-K-N-D. Weeknd. Not, instead of Weekend. Everyone calls him The Weeknd. But it's not. that's not how it's spelled. It's called The Weeknd. Weeknd. Uh, this, the remix of this version has Ariana Grande. So um, let's see Die For You by The Weeknd and Ariana Grande. I wonder what the difference is between this and the remix. Got the trend of the understated drums again, don't we? I'd almost rather hear 808 hi-hats and 808 hand claps than the understated drums, to be honest. I'm blaming you And 
That lady can sing. Is she always going to look like she's 12 years old? Is that what we're just going to have to deal with? Her always looking like a teenager? Kind of a melancholy tune, huh? Very simple, uh, basic song structure. Verse, chorus, verse, chorus, right? Bridge out. Weekend likes those um, 80s synths, huh? He always kind of has a weird sort of throwback vibe. All right. That ended sort of abruptly, didn't it? Um, I don't know. It's okay, I guess. I don't hate it. You know, I'm not going to buy it and listen to it every day. If it came on, I'm probably not going to shit the bed, you know. You know, it's not terrible. But Ariana Grande can fucking sing. God damn, she can sing. She's probably the fucking one of the best singers out there. In the, you know, like when they start putting out those best singer fucking lists, she's going to start getting mentioned with fucking, with Mariah and Whitney and Aretha. I think she might, she might be fourth on the list. Hey, you know who gets left off that list? Patty LaBelle. When they had that greatest singers list, and I was looking at that list going, okay, yeah. I don't was Patty LaBelle even on that list? If she wasn't in the top ten, they fucked up. Patty LaBelle? You're gonna have the greatest singers list and you got Patty LaBelle not in the top ten, not in the top five? Patty LaBelle? Speaking of lists, they put out, and I couldn't find an actual list of it anywhere. Like, I just wanted to see the list written out, and I couldn't find it anywhere. Rolling Stone Top 100 Metal Songs of All Time. Let's fucking go, metal. <laughs> um, I could have told you without even looking at the list that... Black Sabbath by Black Sabbath off of the album called Black Sabbath would be the number one metal song of all time. It is the epitome and cornerstone of what started it all. I can't. I, mean, I might have said this before on the podcast. I will say it once again. I can't imagine being a teenager or a 20-something, just a young person super into music and wanting to check out new shit. You buy this record that's got this fucking weird old lady in front of a church, really ominous looking and kind of just decrepit. And you're like, what the fuck? Black Sabbath. That sounds evil as fuck. That The Sabbath is Sunday worship. And 
and black. Well, if things are black, that means they're dark, and that means it's, this might be devil stuff or whatever. And you put that record on, and you get the little crackle of the fucking vinyl, and you hear this fucking rain come in. You hear the rain? You hear a church bell? Just in the background, and it's just the rain and a church bell. And then, boom, 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 right? Fuck! That must have been the most evil fucking thing you'd ever hear in your life up to that point. It's still fucking evil as fuck sounded today. And that started it all. That fucking tritone tuned down to E flat because of his fingers chopped off. And it just sounded scarier and eat more evil than anything that was out there previous. What is this? That stands before me. I mean, god damn, dude. Fuck. Figure in black. Points at me. Oh, and you're just like, what the fuck? So, yes. Black said, I fucking have no problem with that. Number one. Master of Puppets at number two? Fine with that. I don't got no problem Metallica's Master of Puppets being number two fucking greatest metal song of all time. But as you go on, <laughs> um, some goofy shit on that list. Um, you know, like, I think Cult of Personality by Living Color is like in the top 20. I don't even consider them a metal band to tell you the truth uh, songs by King Crimson are on the list I don't King, King Crimson ain't a metal band King Crimson's a fucking prog rock band right Zeppelin is on the list. The Immigrant Song, I think, is on there. Zeppelin is a contributor to the development of heavy metal, but not a heavy metal band. I wouldn't put a proto-metal nothing on there. Did the Deep Purple have a song on there? I don't think they did. Um... But, uh, I mean, Ozzy is in the top ten four times. Because there's two Sabbath songs. Three three Sabbath songs and a solo. Fucking Crazy Train is in the top ten. It's a little much. I think I, uh, Run to the Hills was number 11. And fucking Run to the Hills isn't even the best Maiden song. You know? Everybody knows it's the trooper. No. (laughs) 
Um, I mean, that's not even my favorite Maiden song. Fucking if Rhyme and the Ancient Mariner was on there, I would have fucking been over the moon. There's, yeah, there's some definitely some misses. And, and I noticed, and I hate to even point this out, but I really think there was some... There was need for representation. I think that's why in that's why Living Color at you know in the top 20 as a hard rock band like I said I don't even consider them a metal band but if you are to consider them a metal band a metal band of all African American men I I I think this list had a little sort of need, the need for representation. And so you got to, you know, not that, and I don't have a problem with that, but just rank the fucking songs the way they are. Just, just do. Why are we catering to every fucking nuance of everything? It's, there's not a lot of people of color in metal. <laughs> is that good or is that bad? I don't know. I don't know. But I know the brothers and sisters did not have an affinity for metal. It's just not their shit. I'm not saying that there isn't black folks that are into metal. I am seeing it a lot more. And there's always been a few here and there and nobody thought anything twice about it but I just felt like when I was looking at that list and seeing who else there was another band that was like oh they're putting these guys on there because they feel like they have to they have to uh, represent uh, and it wasn't along racial lines it was uh, another and I don't, I, I, I don't remember. Like I said, I didn't, I couldn't find the list to read it off. But um, you know, I don't know. There was just there, there, there was there's definitely songs that are on this list that I don't think should even be there. And then there's other stuff that got left off that I was like, how do you leave that off? You know what I mean? So, and of course, I can't think of any examples. I didn't write anything down. Uh, Neurosis made it on there though. Locust Star. I was happy to see that. Um, I think Machine Head made it on there, which was cool. Uh, I don't. I think it was a little higher than it needed to be. Um, uh, there was like there was some hardcore stuff on there too, which eh, you know, maybe you don't need hardcore bands on there. Fucking just keep it. There's so much metal. Um, there was very little black metal represent represented. There was a couple black metal songs on there. Um, someone made the point that there was no um, in the top twenty. There was no metal bands after two thousand five or some shit like that. Like everything was old. Or maybe even the top fifty. Somebody made a comment about there how there was no, nothing, 
nothing after 2005 was in the top 50 or some shit like that. So, some sort of something. I thought that was interesting. Um, yeah, like Slayer was like Slayer wasn't in the top 10. I think South of Heaven was maybe I think it was 11th. I was like, oh, you you know what South of Heaven above fucking Angel of Death? Are you fucking out of your mind? Just some weird calls, man. Some some goofy calls. The songs that they picked from some bands that are like they're not even their most famous fucking songs for the bands. You know what I mean? They were you know, South of Heaven. I love the song South of Heaven. It's one of my favorite fucking Slayer songs. It's not the best Slayer song. You know? Yeah, I don't know. Um I don't know who picked that list. Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone, you're fucking wacky sometimes with your shit. Wacky. Um What else we got? I think we're I think we've I think we've covered everything. Um let's uh well fuck, let's get out of here. Uh where is this? Let's go back. I fucked up. Sorry. Again. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. Ah, fuck. Oh, we need to play this one. And I need to turn it down a little bit because it's always a little loud. Hopefully that didn't distort, but I'm not going to listen to it back and figure out whether it did or not. It is what it is. Um, This week's Earworm of the Week, I... um. I went, so I was trying to, so Sunday I went to dinner with a friend and the the dinner went long because I was going to try and go and see Powerhouse in Oakland at at Stay Gold. They were doing an early show, a show that was starting at six, but I figured I'd have dinner. Dinner would last an hour and then I'd drop my friend off and I'd go fucking go check out Powerhouse. Um, dinner went long. We started, we started gabbing, we started talking and gabbing and, um, couldn't make it to dinner or couldn't make it to the show, which is fine. But I realized that my buddy fucking Walter monster, um, is moving out of the area. He's moving back to New York. Um, and uh, this was his last show with Powerhouse. And I didn't know that until after the show. Uh, he's got another band he plays with. And uh, I'm going to try to go see them on uh, Saturday. They're playing an early show somewhere in Oakland on San Pablo Ave. So I'm going to try to go check that out. So I can see uh, see my dude Walter and say adios amigo. Uh, get better and fucking come back to the Bay. Even though he's a fucking New Yorker anyway. Um, he's been living in the Bay Area a long time. We've accepted him and welcomed him as a native son. Son? Because <laughs> that's what Walter is saying. Walter's New York as fuck. I mean, accent and fucking Yankees hats and everything, you know. Um, good dude. Great, great fucking drummer. Uh, played with Madball for a little while. Um, he's played in a few Bay Area bands. Um, was playing with, 
Oh fuck, who was he playing with here in the Bay Area? Um hardcore band that was uh, shit. Was it um Actually it wasn't even a Bay Area band. Was that DRI? Was he playing with DRI for a minute? No. Anyway. My man Walt just played with a bunch of people. He's a fucking good dude. And um uh be sad to see him go. But anyway, I was on this kick re- just I uh I saw a little blurb of something and it was shouting out an album by Redemption Redemption 87. Redemption 87 was a hardcore band here in the Bay Area. Um right one of the bigger ones in the uh in the 90s and um the bass player my dude uh Ian former bass so he joined he joins Redemption 87 after being the bass player for Skank and Pickle a ska band and then he switches it up and joins this hardcore band and then um and then uh or was he in Skank and Pickle after Oh, I'd have to fucking figure out the timeline on that. Um, maybe, yeah. I think he was in Skank and Pickle after Redemption 87. Anyway, he's now the bass player for Kowloon Walled City, who I mentioned earlier tonight already. Uh, amongst other bands, he's got a band called No Lights that's fucking amazing with my uh, my buddy Matt, who was in uh, Grace Alley when I was playing in Grace Alley. Uh, Matt also played bass for Early Graves. The connections are endless. Um, so yeah, Ian, my man Ian, uh, was a bass player for Redemption '87, and so I, I, I don't, re- I didn't remember hearing them a lot back in the day, even though they were one of the bigger bands in the Bay Area. So I kind of went back, and um, for a '90s hardcore band, they're very sort of old school, like first wave hardcore you know it's very it's very black flag minor threat you know kind of vibe bad brains you know it's like it's well it's it's in the it's in the groove there it's 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 you know kind of agnostic front like you know agnostic front in 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 crow mags you know those are you know like second wave hardcore bands you know you know, and now OGs. I mean, those those are the fucking OGs, right? You know, um, and then you got sick of it all in Madball, or like almost, you know, kind of like kind of second generation, probably more fucking third generation. That's when you start getting the tough guy, and you get the real fucking breakdowns. You know. Anyway, Redemption eighty seven sounds like fucking old ass old school hardcore and for whatever reason it it triggered this song to be stuck in my head because this song reminds me of that style of hardcore Um, and this is sick of it all a song called step down Um, they had a I remember they had a rad video on this and I think Beavis and Butthead even did a fucking thing making fun of this video or whatever but this video is rad because it's showing all the like hardcore dances and kind of making fun of them in a way. Um, and uh, 
little uh, little offensive because it like makes fun of like West Coast hardcore. How dare you? Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, this week's earworm of the week is a song called Step Down by Sick of It All. Thank you for checking us out, you dirty dirties. Be good. Keep it dirty. And I will see you, Dick Stains, next week. Staten Avenue and fuck Ace Freely. Brought to you by Blowout Productions.